from the age of 12 to 18, I was like traveling the world representing Great Britain and wow. playing tournaments and winning some cash. I graduated from City of London and straight away, I don't know how, became the face of MTV UK. The hate I got from like people in my social circles was horrible. How come? I don't know. Like, I really don't. Now I look back at it, I'm like, what? Was that from people you know? Yeah. Oh, like, wow. Friends. Like friends. What were they saying? Having a beautiful relationship and loving someone deeply, but I also, again goes back to like purpose and how dedicated you are yeah. to your cause i was like i have to do this it's not even you're either so, with me or you're not yeah, it's not even questionable yeah and if you're not with me then you're kind of not for me so you always try to think out the box in terms of not to ask them oh so what are you up to what's next for you you know like the generic yeah. stuff always try hi i'm lily and i'm dan we are the loaded Hey, how are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm well, actually, very... I'm lying. Why? why I'm a bit you? nervous. And well, okay, yes, yeah, we have we have a celebrity today. Yeah, we have two man. celebrities actually. I know this is not cool, <laughs> it, it, but it's, it's cool. Really cool. It's cool. Uh, I'm going to hand it to you to introduce. Oh, you do this every, every time because I always get people's names wrong. And that's why she does it. <laughs> it's I do it entertaining. With my dodgy Manchester accent. So today we have a celebrity in our podcast studio. The wonderful Nimi Meta. How are Hello. you? Very oh, good. Up. Thank you for having me. Is I feel a bit. I see now. I feel nervous because of that celebrity introduction. Because I rolled my eyes when you said that. Of course. <laughs> no, no. It's good to have you here. How's things going? Really good. Uh, it's getting hot, and I had to walk a hundred miles to get here. I know. Oh, about We're parking. sorry about that. Apologies. It's Ryan's apologies. fault. Yeah. Ryan's not here, so we'll blame him. Indeed. No, we're just really glad to have you on the podcast. So thank you for joining us. You're so welcome. Especially thank you Especially because you guys are really busy. I always listen to you in the well, morning. Ho- well, hold on a minute. For anyone oh, who's sorry. living under a rock, Dan. Yeah. Who is Nimi? There you go. Mm-hmm, that's a big question. Um, who is Nimi? Well, Nimi is a radio host here in the UAE. I have the honour of being side by side with a guy called JJ Thompson. Every Brownie single, points. <laughs> every single morning. And just uh, to clarify, he never made you say that, did it? No, he didn't even pay me, actually. What? Uh, Channel 4 Dubai, we do the breakfast show. We've been doing it for four years now. Um, and it's been pretty epic, well, yeah. We, hang on, when you say the breakfast show, it is the breakfast show now. It's like the number one breakfast show in the UAE. It I is. Believe. Well, apparently. Yeah. We still don't believe it. But we, <laughs> we, we yeah, we are. And uh, we've been doing it for four years. We absolutely love it. So I do that. And uh, that's a lot of fun. That's the main thing. Wait, what time do you wake up? Um, Well, our show starts at 6 a.m. And, of course, we're planners. We love to plan the show, just like you guys. (laughs) So we get in early. (laughs) So so basically Uh, you rock up at, like, 5 to (laughs) 6. Literally. uh, Yeah, we try and see what's happening in the day, and then we just get on with our show. Yeah. Amazing. I must say that I do love the show. It's great. Yeah, it's it, great. I get I get excited when I turn it out. I'm like, I know these people. I know it. Well, I know JJ. I'm like, I know JJ. It's yeah. really, you guys are really perky in the morning. How how is that even possible? You know, that's actually I don't know how. It's just we feed off each other's energy, but we also uh, warn each other when when one of us is exhausted or tired or had like a big weekend, which in most cases, you know who. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so we just kind of carry each other, and that's the best part about it about being in a duo. Mm. Yeah. If one of you are falling off, the other one's got you. Yeah. And you guys really do have that good banter mm-hmm. between each other. Yeah, we're lucky like that. Um, you know, 
in radio, you just don't get to usually like really connect with someone, especially when it comes to a, a co-host. You kind of have to like have a few co-hosts until you find the one, yeah. so to say. But we were we were really lucky. But how did you guys get thrown at each other? Like how like, like how did it start? How did Nimi and JJ become Nimi and JJ? Yeah, I don't know. It was just <laughs> fate. <laughs> it sounds super cheesy. No, I was on a breakfast show with another guy and he just obviously wasn't good enough. No. He's our, <laughs> uh, Name he's, names. No, he's our friend, Jacob. And it was actually meant to be three of us on a show. And uh, then it just ended up being me and Jacob. Then that wasn't working. Then they were like, obviously JJ and Nimi. So, and it's just been us ever since. Nice. Yeah. You'd have to change names either because that's a really nice ring to it, JJ and Nimi. Mm. Yeah. It sounds famous. Yeah, it's interesting uh, though because brand. JJ, JJ, like all of our listeners, it's very clear JJ, right? Yeah. But I get like lots of variations for my name. <laughs> uh, I get Mimi, Limmy, uh, Nini, like really different weird names, but but the JJ's there, so that's all about. I get that with mine. It's Dan, three letters, but I get everything other than Dan. I get Don, Din, Dun. Like when I get you, I'm like, no, no, sorry, um, like Dan, D-A-N. I get, Dan. It, I get that with Lily as well. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. How? How do you get Lily wrong? How is that even possible? But the funniest thing is, is my surname is never done wrong, which is, <laughs> which is the word, which like is the like just Kambashi. You know, it's so easy to get wrong. But no, Lily gets li- Lily Louis. <laughs> anyway. Louis. Yeah. Anyway. You anyway. just give up at some point. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. The, the best is when I'm coming through um, the airport. They open up my passport and they look at it and they're like, Layla. And I'm like, <laughs> no, <Nope>. Lily. <laughs> and they just look at it and look at me because, you know, Middle Eastern sort yeah. of look, Layla. Mm. I'm like, Lily. Yeah. And they'll go the third time. They're like, Layla. And I'm like, <laughs> No. Layla. <laughs> yep. I'll have it. Yep. I'll, take I'll have it. it. I'll take it. Fine. I'm Layla. Like it's, it's incredible. So what's your story? Like, mm. where do you come from? How do you get into this? What have you done? Like, because, mm. you know, there must be a journey getting well, all the way you, up to... How often do you wake up as a kid and go, oh, actually, you could wake up and go, oh, I want to be a radio presenter. But I don't think that was your story. No. No. It wasn't. Uh, radio was never the goal, actually. Okay. Um, but I always knew I wanted to be a presenter. So I'm from London, uh, born and raised, uh, originally of Indian heritage. And um, yeah, I did a journalism degree. But even before that, I was <laughs> a semi-professional tennis player. Yeah, so let's, is, let's, let's go there. Because I was about to say, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I know, I know. I got a JJ. cheat sheet. Yeah. I got a little bit. Thanks, JJ. got a little <laughs> bit of a cheat sheet. Mm. You know, you say journalism was always a plan, but then somehow you were near semi-pro tennis player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep going back. Keep going yeah. back. Let's it's, it's actually, it feels like another lifetime, to be honest yeah. with you. But yeah, from the age of 12 to 18, I was like traveling the world representing Great Britain and wow. playing tournaments and winning some cash. And really? <laughs> <doing> <laughs> okay, so I've got so many questions now. <laughs> how, how does that happen? Like you, you, you were just, you picked up a tennis racket, you were good, your, your mom, your dad, someone saw you and said that there's talent here we can make some money here like how, how does that even happen yeah I was just a really big tomboy mm. and um, I was into my football going to like football matches with my dad and all of this stuff and then one summer I went to a summer camp realized I was pretty decent at t- tennis just good hand-eye coordination my dad took me to the side he was like do you want to do more of this and I was like I'd love to mm. and then did the rest of the year playing out tennis and I realized that I was pretty good and most kids obviously start off 
I say obviously you wouldn't know, but in tennis, like your Maria Sharapova started playing when they were six, seven years old. Yeah. Uh, so for me to be starting at 12, 13 was you were super a veteran, late. Yeah. I was late in the game. So um, yeah, that was a that was crazy. I mean, me waking up now early for this breakfast show <laughs> is because I was able to do it pretty much all my teenage years. I was waking up training at 5 a.m. Oh, wow. All the way through to like 9 p.m. And yeah. Do you ever wonder what would happen if you started training uh, earlier age I do but I kind of like you know like burnout yeah. they, they speak about a lot of like kids in sports I had serious burnout by the age of 18 yeah I was just tired and exhausted wow. I was over it and um yeah and then that's when I was like you know I should probably get some education because I was pretty much being homeschooled like school was just uh sending work back to me and I was just doing it whilst I was traveling on the go failing miserably and yeah, I thought, you know what, Nim, let's just get something serious under your belt so you have something to look for in your future. And that's when I decided journalism. And the irony is that I was a mute. I barely spoke, like barely spoke. And I know it's very hard to believe now, but my mum will tell you, she's like, I can't believe you do what you do now. <laughs> yeah, because this is so different. Yeah, I just couldn't speak. I had no social skills, well, when uh, barely you, when, any well, friends. Well, when you've spent the entire time so focused on sport, it is very alienating mm -hmm. for a kid. It's very focused. You yeah. don't get to be a kid. No, you don't. You don't. I didn't have a social life. I didn't really do anything fun, lost all my friends that I grew up with because they were all cool and hanging out and doing stuff, but I was just focused on and it. you play singles? Yeah, singles. That was just like my thing. And, you know, I actually came to this part of the world as well to play. I did a tournament in Abu Dhabi, then I was in Doha, and but I never got to see the world. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a highlight? What was, if I said, what was a highlight during your tennis days? Mm -hmm. What pops up for you? The highlight was when I got to meet Serena Williams wow. and her dad, Richard. And now that that movie, King Richard, King. has come out, mm. I'm like, oh, my claim to fame. Um, and they were huge. When I say huge, like, I, obviously I was little, but because they were such idols for me, I saw them at Wimbledon and I got to be on centre court to like watch these guys play. And that was probably like my, my biggest highlight. And then probably when I decided to leave the sport was another highlight. <laughs> you could like try to regain some sort of like life again. Yeah, yeah. And get back. So that's when I went into university, went into journalism. Okay. With the sport though, with, do you play against anyone famous? Mm. Anyone big? So Laura Robson, who won uh, Wimbledon for Great Britain in the junior championships, okay. we trained at the same camp. So oh, we were wow. training together. And that is my kind of claim to fame. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no one no one actually famous, famous, no. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it just feels like it was another life. Mm. Yeah. Because well, now I mean, it's I'm doing... different. Yeah. And like you said, you moved into the world of journalism. Yeah. Well, do you still play tennis? I do. Well, JJ got me back into tennis last year. I hadn't actually picked up a racket in 13 years. Wow. It was like this mental block because you used to be so good. So you yeah. have that fear that if you go back to something that you used to be so good at, am I going to be as good? Yeah. Luckily, like the muscle memory was still there. He still beat me every time, but it was just good to be back on the court <laughs> doing something you, I love. You, you let him win, right? No. The thing is, he's sitting right here, so I could lie, yeah, but he fine. could correct me. I'm just having really random visions of JJ in shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, because I've seen some of his Instagram posts. I'm like, and okay. That is yeah. not, and that is why you kept losing and against him. Yeah, that is another highlight of my career. Um, JJ in shorts. But yeah, you got me back into it. Wow. Um, yeah. And since then, you've 
playing? No. Happy to go back or you were like, you know what, no? I think it's nice to keep certain things as the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no need to open that Pandora's box again because yeah. with it comes again, you know, as a kid – all these like negative emotions as well. You just don't want to cross that that boundary again. I just want to remember it as a good memory. Yeah, and also life has chapters. Mm-hmm. Like it's just one chapter of many. Yeah, yeah. So then you moved into like the world of journalism. Went to university. Yeah, did yeah. Journalism? I went to City of London. Did journalism there. I actually always wanted to have my own magazine. Okay. And so I thought, I you know, I've still got the draft to this day. I, I made the whole magazine as to what I wanted to do. And uh, then the kind of like digital boom happened and the internet was a thing. And I sound so like fossil-like right now. But um, the internet became a thing. I was like, okay, well, this... It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> print journalism isn't the way to go anymore. And so I just turned my focus onto broadcast and TV was just like the thing I wanted to do. And... Yeah, I I, I uh, graduated from City of London and straight away, I don't know how, became like the face of MTV UK for their new channel. Okay, I'm 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 gonna stop that. <laughs> gonna it, like right you, can, in, you yeah. can't just drop that and go just like that. I became yeah, the face of. Yeah. Talk us through, because there'll be people out there going, "Oh my god, how do I do this? I want to yeah. do this." Well, how'd you do it? It was just by luck, and I say luck because. It, I'd come out of university again, freaking out, not knowing what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to be unemployed for years. And then MTV launched a competition, um, and they started a new channel, which was kind of molding fashion and music together. And so they were like, "We're," you know, they started a whole PR campaign of "We're searching for the face of uh, this new channel," and uh, it's called District MTV. And so everyone had to submit their videos, people were voting, um, and then they had a judging panel, Laura Whitmore was on that judging panel, Laura Whitmore being a massive uh, presenter in the UK, and yeah, and I honestly don't know, I did a video. What was your concept? My concept was I literally went to my local hall in Watford, where I'm from, and um, went to the dressing room and it was supposed to be fashion week. And so I had all of my friends turn up that day. I was like, look, I'll buy you pizza. Just turn up. And I had them all acting in the background as, as if we were behind the scenes at London Fashion Week. And so I had one friend like running around acting like uh, absolute free Madonna. And then I had other friends like acting like they were models. And there I was in the front in this black and white hideous dress <laughs> I look back at it now and I was presenting and it was a one minute video of me straight to the camera hi I'm at London Fashion Week it's all going off behind me we've got these designers these designers submitted the video just obviously very hopeful and got loads of votes but it wasn't the votes that got it it was the judging panel that decided and yeah and I just remember I got an email through that's how I found out it was an email wow um congratulations you are the next the the face of district mtv and I thought it was a prank. Yeah, of course. You'd be like, oh, this is a black now. I get yeah. an email. It's a scam. Yeah, totally. So um, I had to call them to be like, hey, I just got this email. I just want to double check. They were like, yes, yeah, sorry, we were going to call you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, congratulations. You've got it. And I will never forget that moment in my life. That's Me incredible. and my sister were at home and I looked at her and we both were just screaming. Because you're 21. It's surreal. You've just come out of a, a journalism degree. MTV is mm. like not many presenters can say that they've got that, and that was my first gig out of university. And so pretty I was with huge, them. man. It's huge. Yeah, of course, it's like MTV is a huge brand. Especially yeah. Like, well, for, oh, like who who doesn't up. know MTV? Right, right. Is it still going now. 
MTV's still around, yeah? It's still around in the UK. I think it's just more like online and digital stuff yeah. now. Um, and then, yeah, and then I was taken into the MTV offices in Camden, and I had like a year contract Camden with them. How was your first yeah. day? Yeah. Yeah. How was your first Terrifying. day? Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Laura Whitmore was with me. She was kind of meant to be like my mentor. So she walked me around everywhere, took me all to, to all the studios, and this is how we do things. They did. She did MTV News at the time, so she let me sit in and watch her, and I was just like in such awe that I'm, I'm there. I'm in the place. Like, how did I get so lucky? And then I got to host London Fashion Week and be on all the red carpets, go to all the, the glammy parties, which was not me whatsoever. Uh, very bougie. Mm. And yeah, and then my year contract ended. And I was like, what do I do now? Like, there was no follow-up. No follow-up. The channel got cancelled because the concept of, like, fashion and music just didn't work. Um, and I was unemployed. For like two, three years. Talk about annoyed. bursting your bubble. Seriously. Honestly, yeah, how did that feel? Because you've gone from that high. Yeah. And a you've massive been, you know, you've been doing all of that and then into that. Yeah, like being And especially and at that age. Yeah. You don't quite have the resilience yeah. to deal with something like that. No, because naturally you think I've made it. Mm. Yeah. Like I'm on the biggest channel in the country doing what. I want to do and being at the biggest events where people want you know that, that kind of like phone yeah. people want to be there yeah and nothing ever came out of it and I thought oh it's me like I failed yeah again you're 21 22 years old and you're like oh my god it was all on me maybe I was the reason the channel failed oh did I did I do something wrong you know you start to question everything um and it was just it was just horrible I didn't know what to do luckily like I will point out that I was in a very lucky uh, position that my parents were looking after me after that that year was up. You know, I lived under their roof. I didn't have to stress or worry about rent or bills. So I was in a very privileged position in that sense. Um, but it was really, really hard mm, because yeah. also you go from friends, also your social circles being like, oh my God, you did it, you did it. To then like, what's happening now? Yeah. Uh, asking you what's next. And, and you, you cringe every time you get asked. You don't have the answer. Yeah. You really, really don't. So it was kind of like the highest high to the lowest low straight away. Wow. How'd tough. you get yourself out of that? I don't really know. I I mean, my support system was amazing. My mum and dad believe in me more than I believe in myself. Um, my sister's my, like my biggest hype girl. And um, yeah, it was just, it, I just kept persevering. I was unemployed for two, three years after that. And I say unemployed because I don't, if I'm not doing what I love, I You're count that as yeah. yeah, I count that as unemployed. Yeah. Um, I tried everything in media. I was like, I'm gonna try and just get my way through the door. So I went into PR, production, behind the scenes. I was an intern, worked for free for pretty much yeah, for most of those years. Um and just tried to work my way up. I worked as an advert scheduler for Nickelodeon. Oh god. So I was back in the building, in the MTV building, because that's where Nickelodeon is just because I wanted to be back in the building because you just never know, right place, right yeah. time. So I was scheduling adverts. Somebody. Yeah, it was really, really sad. And you think, oh, is that, this my life now? So I guess I was scheduling adverts. Yeah, but it, ta it takes a lot of courage to actually go back into that building and yeah. do a different role and a role that is so far from what you were doing. Yeah. That takes a lot of courage. Mm, I guess so. I, just to be present. Mm. Just to be present to make sure if anything comes up, my like I'm there on the on ground you know um and that was that was really tough and then when I went into PR I just was like this isn't my life because yeah. PR is ridiculously tough 
like the hours. People you, underestimate that. They do. And you don't sleep. You have no life. It's it's like events. You have no life. <laughs> True story. Yeah. You, your life revolves around it. And um, that was all a bit of a blur, to be honest. And then I just... I started like a, a YouTube a, channel. I was going to say, a good blur or a bad blur? A bad blur. Yeah. That's why I think I've like kind of blocked it out. Um, but put, then a, I, put it back into Pandora's box. Yeah, I was yeah. Say, that was, next that was, one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah that thank box you, is next. definitely not opening. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, and then, yeah, I thought I'd start a YouTube channel. And um, I'd actually already started one during university and I was getting so much hate for it. What was it Why? about? It was just, I was trying to find my identity as like a media personality in terms of, you know, everyone was releasing YouTube videos. Everyone had a channel. Yeah. Everyone could do whatever they wanted to do. Uh, Lily Singh, uh, for me, I don't know if you guys know of her. She's a uh, Indian American like comedian. She started on YouTube. Now she had late night show with Lily um with the big dogs in America and she was just like releasing videos about like being Indian or you know uh being a girl being a woman and so I was like trying videos like that to try to find my identity in any way then I was really interested in like political stuff this is when Trump stuff was happening so I was like trying to release like educational videos and just trying my hand in different things and the hate I got from like people in my social circles was horrible. Like, how come? I don't know. Like, I really don't. Now I look back at it, I'm like, why? was that from people you know? Yeah. Oh, like, wow. Friends. Like friends. What were they saying? They, you know, friends would like prank call me and I would, I know it's them because obviously I know their voices, but they would prank call me and be like, is this the Nimi Meta, the one on YouTube that gets two views? And I am a very sensitive soul wow. and anyone would be at that age yeah. as well. And I would like crumble. I wouldn't well, at release. any age. That's, any that's age. just cruel. At that's just any cruel. Age. I think it's also harsh because you had the, the, I don't know, the, the balls to put yourself well, out there and to do it. But that's like, the thing. It's so easy, easy to, to pass comment. It mm -hmm. takes, again, a shitload more courage to put yourself on the line like that. Yeah. So screw them. Sorry. Yeah. I'm on a roll today. <laughs> I know. It's okay. Those are the same friends that kind of like come back now and like always knew you'd make it. Oh, and yeah, you're like, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shall we say it again? Yeah. Screw you. Yeah. It's a full circle moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the YouTube thing was just a way of me getting out there and trying to do my thing. Really. Yeah. What happened after that? I don't really know. I My dad actually said to me, what about radio? What about radio? Like, you know, you've done the TV thing. There's not much opportunities. Try radio. Always was up for a challenge, again, because I wanted to try everything in media. So I had a local uh, radio station called Vibe. <laughs> Hardcore, like, <laughs> dedicated. Um, and it was literally a listenership of Watford Town. I don't think a few thousand, I think it was. Okay. And uh, I went along, again, it was vol voluntary work. And they put me in Studio 2 and they were like, let's just run a few demos and let's just see how you feel. Now, radio for me was a challenge because with TV and with YouTube or whatever, you have your facial expressions, you've got your hands, yeah. you've got your whole body language to get across the message. With radio, I was like, I just have my voice. And I hadn't mastered how to use my voice as an instrument then. Mm. It was the squeakiest, most annoying, posh voice <laughs> you could ever imagine. And uh, I got into that studio. I was horrific, but they kept training me. And uh, it was amazing because it was other volunteers who were putting up their time to just help me kind of carve this art. And within a week, they were like, okay, uh, we're going to put you on, on live. And I was like, what do you mean? And they said, yeah, the drive show, we've got an open slot now so you can go on drive. 
I was absolutely terrified. And uh, she goes, okay, it's very simple. You know, I also don't want to get it twisted, by the way, in radio studios, and we say this all the time, there's hundreds of buttons, right? If you look at a radio studio, we use a total of two or three of them. So I was going to say, like, you actually use <laughs> it, it those buttons. It looks hardcore, right? It looks <laughs> no, really hard. Because every time I see, yeah. like, you know, like Instagram posts or something, it's like a NASA control room. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, do you actually need all of them? No, we really don't. It's one or two, like microphone and next is all you've got, right? Um, and it was simple enough, but I failed on my first live show. Like, the um, I pressed next, words didn't come out. I mispronounced uh, like Rihanna, like the most simplest thing. I was so, so nervous. And the lady on the other hand was just like, you're doing well, great, sweetie, like keep going. (laughs) And then again, it was just practice makes perfect. And and it's so crazy to think that that was just 5,000 people near me, chill out now that I think about it. But that was a really big moment for me. And I just kept pursuing with that. And but there was so much at stake for you there, right? Yeah. It was a lot more than just sitting behind the radio. It was everything that you'd gone through yeah. to get to that moment. And you're about to put yourself out there again. again. So yeah. there would have been so much going on for you. It's just pressure you put on yourself. Mm. No one else puts it on you. It's not like, like I said, it's not like, oh my God, I had bills to pay. Uh, it's not like my parents were on my ass. Like, you need to do this and you need to do that. It was all me. It was all me in my head. You know, in whatever industry you're in, you have a vision for yourself and you have ambitions and you know you're destined to do something and you will do whatever it takes to get there. And I was just in that zone. I was in that mentality. And so, yeah, I was doing my thing on a local radio station and I was like, I've made it, rock and roll. So it was pretty cool. And I only... (laughs) I'm back in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with the big dogs. Um, And I did that for like a year. And I loved it. And I would go in, do my shift every time. I didn't have a full-time job. Again, just doing bits and bobs. And then the most randomest thing, I get an email from someone in Abu Dhabi saying, hey, we are launching Radio 1 in Abu Dhabi. We're relaunching. I don't know how I got this email. It blows my mind to this day. I still know the guy. I would love to ask him one day. Um, And he said, I can't believe you didn't ask him. I know. (laughs) Now that I think about it, I think because everything happened so quickly. Mm, Was he from Watford? No. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I don't get. One of of the 5,000 listeners. He was from Lebanon doing scouting for Abu Dhabi Media in the UAE. And he found this little girl in Watford on a local radio station. It just... It doesn't make sense Clearly, to me. he's damn good at his job then. Clearly. Yeah. Or just fate destiny, if you believe in that stuff. Mm. Uh, maybe he thought I was someone else. <laughs> I still think that to this day. Like, I have... Maybe don't ask him. Yeah, I rode this way for way too long. Um, but he reached out. He was like, can you put a demo together? Um, I had some amazing producers at Vibe. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. Put a little demo together. Sent it over. They said, can you send, like, a selfie video of you, like, introducing your show? Just say you're on Radio 1 Breakfast. And I was like... Okay, cool. Again, didn't think anything of it. Sent it over. And as you know, everything here in the UAE is like the slowest thing ever. Six to eight months later, I get a call from this guy's name's Raymond. And he's like, hi, Nimi. This is Raymond. Um, I'm working with Abu Dhabi Media. We got your demo. We got your video. And we would love to have you. And I'm like, what do you mean have me? (laughs) And he was like, on Radio 1 Breakfast. I was like, a national breakfast show that grows across a country. So I went from a local radio station to 5,000 people to, it honestly blows my mind still yeah, to this intense. day. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. 
Um, Especially you've not heard from them for like eight months. Well, that too. I <laughs> thought, like, okay. Am I being punked again? Like, yeah, yeah. You thought you would, obviously I didn't make it. So you just kind of pretended mm. it didn't happen. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then the move happened. And the thing is, I, was, I always grew up coming to the UAE, oh, my that, parents. So did you celebrate again screaming with your no, sister? No. No? No. I didn't tell anyone. Just in case. Just in case. Okay. Because when you've been through, like, so many failures and kind of failures that you deem in your head, yeah. you've been through so many, you're like, I'm not going to celebrate mm. until I'm there on ground doing the show. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to jinx it. Again, had so many haters, so I didn't want to announce anything. Um, and I was waiting for the offer letter to come through all of the, the logistics of it all. And finally it came through and I was like, I'm moving to Abu Dhabi. And I didn't even hesitate, by the way, like did not even hesitate. Um, my now husband was my boyfriend then. And uh, I, he even says to this day, like, you didn't even ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you did not even ask me. And I didn't ask anyone. You just bought the tickets and <laughs> yeah. told him. I was like, guys, I got a job in Abu Dhabi. And he I'm was going. like, okay. Like I had the most supportive people around me. And I'd love to say the rest is history, but it wasn't. Did you just assume he was going to come with you? No, I knew he wasn't. <laughs> I absolutely, like, I'm, I'm now. Yeah, but, but this is the thing. Like, there's one thing, you know, having a beautiful relationship and loving someone deeply. But I also, again, goes back to like purpose and how dedicated you yeah. are to your cause. I was like, I have to do this. It's not even, you're either with me or you're not. Yeah, it's not even questionable. Mm. Yeah, and if you're not with me, then you're kind of not for me. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I never had to have that conversation because he was always so supportive. <laughs> he was on the plane anyway. Yeah. Good job, really. Yeah, exactly. You got and married, so-, so it must be all right. <laughs> yeah, well, um, and then that, that was kind of it. I was in Abu Dhabi doing the Radio 1 breakfast show. How was that first day? You landed. Oh God, it it's, a it's a completely different experience out here. It was a mess. I was in some... Like, I didn't have accommodation. I was in some shabby hotel. Um, I was having allergic reactions to the dampness in the room. <laughs> so I was all like, like super blubber. Um, and nothing was set up when I had arrived. Like, there was nothing. They were like, your co-host is coming from Australia, they told me. Yeah. And I was like, wow, amazing. They hyped him up to be this, like, amazing guy. Th- that guy cancelled his contract and end up coming. So they were like, okay, you're solo on, on breakfast. What? For the foreseeable. And so I was like, you're talking to a girl who was on a little show <laughs> to now going on a national show. And what I didn't know at the time, which is what I know now, is re- Radio 1 was relaunching. So it was already a huge entity. And they'd kind of let go of that whole team and they were brought in brand new people. So that was pressure in itself because people, as you know here, especially with radio culture, are really tied to... Oh, it's legacy, yeah. isn't it? It is. And there's big expectations. It is. And it's big shoes to fill. Like, they had big names who were now still in the in the industry um, on Radio 1. And there I was, coming along, not having a clue as to what was going on and no planning whatsoever. They brought in people from all over the world. We were all just trying to figure it out. And I will never, ever forget this moment. So it was my first show on Radio 1. Uh, and they... it was a horrible studio but these technicians came in like 10 seconds before I'm about to go live pressed loads of buttons I knew everyone was listening everyone because also in the uh, industry people were knew that Radio 1 was launching everyone was listening in like what's it going to sound like who's going to be on it so the pressure was on and the guy comes in he presses all these buttons he's like good I'm like yeah good and they were like five four three two one the mic goes up I start talking we realized there's no output so it was dead air the whole time 
And they were just like, just keep going, just keep going. And I was talking and I was talking and nothing went out. And I speak to like my peers now and they were like, yeah, we were listening in. Like there was nothing. It was so bad. <laughs> and the mic went down and I burst into tears. Like I ran to the toilet. I couldn't breathe. Oh, I was hyperventilating. Because uh, you just threw me, threw me into the deep end. Um, and that was my first experience of being on national radio. And then I was just solo. And you still stuck it out. I still stuck it out, yeah. Was the second second um, episode better? Not second, uh, it second. was. It got better as it went. And then I realised it's not that deep. Yeah. <laughs> like, relax. Um, it's not that serious. You're just having some fun. Um, and yeah, again, a bit of a blur because it was not a great time. I was on yeah. my own every single morning. That's hard. You know, I said like earlier, like me and JJ keep each other going every single morning. Yeah. When you don't have that person at that time... You're basically having a monologue yeah. on air. It's really yeah. hard. Do you know what I mean? Me, myself, and I are having a great time this morning. Yeah. Definitely in the morning without you know coffee I mean? and stuff like that. No. no yeah, but even the, even the coffee after a while wouldn't work. It's literally you. Mm. Yeah. And like you said, it, unlike TV, you don't have people in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're doing a show, you might have an audience or there's, there's just, there's vibrations yeah. around you. Mm. Radio. It's you and this mic. It's really wow. intense. Yeah. And, you know, uh, a, a normal job, say nine to five, right? You're exuding that energy throughout those hours, throughout those days. We are literally compressing it yeah. and putting all our energy into those three, four hours of a show. And we crash, like, after that show. Like, me and JJ are like, uh. And it doesn't matter what's happened the night before, by the way. It doesn't matter if you're feeling ill. It doesn't matter if you've just had a fight with your husband. Uh, mm. It doesn't matter what's happening back at home. When that mic goes up, you've got to be on. Like, you've got to be the happiest person. <laughs> Although now, me and JJ are way too comfortable. We're like, we're tired. <laughs> we're telling the whole nation we're tired. But <laughs> you know. Not that JJ's hung over. <laughs> yeah, all that. Yeah, she's, like, 30-odd now. Wasn't all that. that. Like, yeah. yeah. It takes a long time now to recover. <laughs> yeah. It does. But it's such a responsibility. And we don't, we forget it because you're in a little box yeah. Yeah. with your mate having a good time. But it's such a responsibility to, you're waking people up. You're setting the tone for everyone's day. Or, or, or you're like even that. changing the tone for someone's day. Exactly. You know, like someone might be having a really crappy morning and t- tuning into you guys and feeling your vibe is what changes their day. That's something like chirpy. I always get the taxi driver to put it on in the morning. Because I'm horrific, you know me. Mm-hmm. Like, if I've not eaten another coffee, yeah, I, I, can't, I, I can't speak I to a human before 12. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. But like, you guys actually, it makes me happy. Oh, see, yeah. that's why we do it. That's yeah. why we do it. So it's a lot of pressure. But um, yeah. So it's just as so you're talking, it's like performing. It literally is. It's that moment you go on stage. But your, your stage is like that, that room and, you yeah. know, what, hundreds of thousands of listeners every day. It is. And we feed, not only feed off each other, but we feed off our listeners as well because they are hilarious. We have such a weird bunch. I want to I wanna listen. I want, <laughs> I want the most God. crazy, <laughs> awful, something, just a listener story. So we actually um, did something pretty amazing. We started the Channel 4 Dates or something like that. Channel 4's First Dates is what we called it. Okay. We were like, you know what? It's really hard to find love here in the UAE. And, you know, dating apps and your people here are only here for one thing. And we want to make love happen. I think it was literally during Valentine's or something. And we obviously did not think much of it. But it was just great. It was 
gold radio to just get two people on separate lines and get them to talk and have a date on air so they were having a date meeting each other that could have gone so horribly wrong (laughs) exactly and sometimes it really did um but we just had them get on the phone talk to each other and we would just sit back and look at each other you just randomly put two people together yeah like we would literally say who's looking for love if you fancy a date 6887 texting right now a guy would text in a girl would text in we'd both get them on the phone we'd be like okay you're about to meet so and so you're about about to meet so and so get them both on the phone live on national radio and they are having a date on air and there was this one couple the guy was called jun i can't remember the girl um but they we put them together on air and they hit it off they sounded so sweet like she was super nervous and they were really considering this their first day and we were of course very encouraging yeah we were like come on guys what do you think a second date and they were both like yeah Fast forward, I think it's been two years now. This was pre-pandemic. Two and a half years later, Jun and Jenny are married. No They're way. Together. All right. Um, so you like a follow-up. You yeah, to, I, like, they've probably got kids now. They've got a mortgage. We like. actually gave them a brunch as well. They were at one of the brunches at the W or something like that. So we actually met them there. And they were like, yeah, we're still together. And we were just like, did Mind boggled. Did we actually just they're, do they're that? gonna name their children after the two of you? Yeah. <laughs> we should claim I, that. I would I would put that in the contract. Yeah. I think you guys should do this again. I think you yeah. should do it again. And I am <laughs> yeah, I think, put me in yeah, there. I think, judging by the uh, yeah, our disastrous our disastrous I relationships. Would total, I would totally be part of this social experiment. A hundred percent. I'm serious. But this Mate, is just do like it again. this is serious proof of like the effect of radio. Um yeah. You know, people, it's the, it's the radio culture here. You're stuck in your car, the traffic here. People literally get so invested in these stories. And we did follow up with them. And, and oh, that's how we found out that, wow, they're actually still together. Like, that's this is awesome. their real life. This isn't just radio fun. It's their real life. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing how that could happen. I know. We've honestly got a, like, serious bunch of misfits <laughs> listening to our show. <laughs> you do actually say that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like, we're not the cool kids, you know? We're, we're kind of like your mates that kind of got stuck together, and now we're kind of, like, ten years later, like, oh, we're still together. This well, there is fun. Was, there was one of the ones where I was listening in, and it was a listener that was coming to give you a compliment, give, give JJ a compliment, but it sounded like she was about to berate you. But it was to, it, it was complimenting him on his voice. Oh, it was a couple what, of he weeks was, ago. His singing voice, or that he sounds sexy. Uh, sexy, yeah. yeah. She, and, and but like the way she was saying it, it, you were about to, you were expecting her to say, you know, I don't like you, or there's something wrong. And and like JJ's like, what are you about to say? I don't yeah. know if I want you to but say. That's She's the like, thing. but it's your voice, JJ. <laughs> I we, love your voice. <laughs> we don't know what they're gonna come out with, so you're really like. And you can't you can't censor it, right? Because yeah. it's happening live. And you're just hoping it's it's bloody brilliant, <laughs> so that we can have some yeah. fun with it as well. Um, but we're lucky like that because whatever comes our way, we kind of just roll with it. Nice. So aside from the stuff you're doing Channel Four, what else are you up to? Um, I'm currently on uh, Dubai TV for yeah. Expo. So back into TV presenting again. Yeah. So that circles come. Yeah. 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 And I've loved doing that. And this has been like a legit TV show with like full on production studio. We've got our studio at the Media Center and Expo. And yeah, it's just been, um, it's been an amazing six months. Like it's a very small industry here, the media industry. So everyone that's here has been doing it for 10 years. Um, They've been in Dubai TV. Like, I don't know if you know Tom Urquhart, Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's like, 
the OG. He's an absolute yeah. legend. He's like the MC at I all the time. I totally the want event. him on our exactly. show. We talked about that earlier. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll Love him. Call. He's so amazing. And he's kind of like been my mentor when it comes to like the TV side of things. I was in the studio for the first time a few months ago and he was my co-host on it. And he was just guiding me through it. And we just had so much fun. Um, but still to this day, as many times as I go on it, I'm so nervous. Okay. With radio, never. Like, that mic goes up, we're cool, we're chill. But with the TV thing, like, I'm still not 100% confident that I'm going to pull it off. Like, even the other day, I was going to a studio show and I told JJ, I was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. Like, what if I mess it up? What if I, like, ruin the whole show? Like, you still always have these thoughts. But not for radio. Not for radio. Is it because that it's not people seeing you? I think it's also because I know I've got someone else to fall back on. It's his fault. Yeah. (laughs) If everything goes wrong, what? JJ told me to do it. Um, But with TV, yeah, it is a visual thing because live TV, you're there. Like, I had no audio on one of my shows the other week and it was on live TV, me like looking like, what's going on? I can't hear anyone. (laughs) And so afterwards, the feedback was terrible that like, oh, this messed up and this messed up. So you always get worried that... but there's certain things you just have no control over. What type of content have you been doing with Expo? Um, we are literally just getting guests on that are like involved with Expo 2020. Um, we're getting all the celebrities. Like I've been very lucky. All the celebrities that have come, I've had a chance to sit down and interview them. Like Didier Drogba, um, the Black Eyed Peas. I just sat with them and would like, my, this is what all the presenters are like. How did you manage to get all the celebrity <laughs> interviews? And we're stuck with the boring ones. Uh, but I just got really lucky. So I got to do all of that. Um, we're out doing reports, you know, on all the different pavilions and all the different things that are happening around. Which Expo. was your favorite celebrity to uh, um, Or fun or memorable or wish I didn't, whatever. At Expo or ever. Let's go with Expo, Expo first. Expo first, I would say um, Black Eyed Peas, because right as soon as the interview cut, and this is the annoying part, was that Will I Am was like, Nimi, Nimi, but what's your full name? And I was like, Namisha, like that's my full name, but only my dad calls me Namisha, and he was like, that's a cool name. And I was like, yeah, thanks. And he goes, I could make it a song. I was like, okay, go on then. And he goes, Nami, shut, 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 And he just started, Nami, shut, 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 shut. And then um, Abu, the one next to him, just started beatboxing. It was just a whole moment. And I was like, Black Eyed Peas singing Just turned me into a song. Yeah. That's going to be their oh, next man. album. It, literally, it should <laughs> yeah. be. And I should get full credit. But say, that was a moment. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. They were fun. I worked with Apple Diap once in um, Manila. The sea games. He's so lovely, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, they're all slightly mental. Yeah, they are. Yeah, the screw loose, yeah. but like very nice. <laughs> I think I remember I was like trying to get him on st- oh, the stage manager was trying to get him on stage at one point and I think they'd been like a little, you know, a little drink before they went on. And um, he didn't, couldn't remember where he was going. Yeah, that looked... <laughs> so that it was like looked stage when he just running after him. Sounds like, about right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they looked that way here, to be fair. <laughs> um, but they were really cool to me, yeah. What was the hardest celebrity oh. interview? Um... I wouldn't say there was a hard one. What I like to do before I interview anyone is always ask their team to meet them beforehand um, so I can at least introduce myself so they feel comfortable and um, whatnot. There's some people that are really hard to crack. Mm. Uh, you sit down with them and you just don't know what they're really going to give. Um, I, on season one of my podcast, got really lucky. It was never the plan, but... I just, all these celebrities flew into town and I got loads of interviews with them. Um, I hosted the stage for Steve Harvey at the Sharjah Book Fair and also got an interview with him. And the first 
interview was really difficult. Like he's just such a big media personality and he's just, he's got his shit together, you know? Mm. And so I was, I felt like I was a little kid next to him. Um, and I, I didn't really feel like I had the right to really ask him any questions. And it was really hard to crack him at first. And then once you like, I always try to like bring in like a personal story or try to like warm them up. And um, finally, eventually I got through to him and it turned out to be an amazing episode. But it's just, because imagine how many interviews they do. Yeah. In their whole life and their whole their career, they get the same questions every single time. So you always try to think out the box in terms of not to ask them. Oh, so what are you up to? What's next for you? You know, like the generic yeah. stuff. Um, you always so, try I to. Think that, that yeah. I was that's, that's, our, that's our final question. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> these were just to be clear. These were these JJ's. Were JJ's. No, See how we did that? We all named JJ. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like to do that a lot. I'm loving this because he can't say anything right now. <laughs> Like squirming in a corner. <laughs> this is the worst nightmare. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was probably the hardest, the toughest one. Oh, well, what do you want to do next? Mm. I like the way you rephrased that slightly. Yeah, she added the <laughs> yeah. do. Um, I'm not really sure. And the, this is the thing: when I've planned, it's never gone to plan. Therefore, I'm I don't want to set up my, myself for like failure and not living up to my expectations. So I'm kind of just riding the wave right now. I love that I'm on TV and radio. Um, I've been here for five years and I'm very proud of my progress. Um, I think it's really important to stop and recognize how far you've come no matter where you are, what industry, celebrate what the wins. Exactly. Um, and I just want a break now. <laughs> like I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Like the word I've been using is burnout. I am just. I get that. Yeah. Right. And you need to recognize it because yeah. otherwise you literally run yourself and into the ground and you're out for a long so time. If you got, if you got that wish, mm -hmm. where would you go to recoup from your burnout? Uh, what would you do? I would. I want to go to Zanzibar. I've been wanting to go Good there choice. for ages. And there's this like foundation there and they set up uh, schools and they teach kids English there. So I'm kind of like, okay, I'll get to like chill by the beach and then also help out and do my thing over there. So I think Zanzibar, I'm going to try and go like in the next few weeks. So maybe. you do realize uh, when one has burnout, you're supposed to like chill and do nothing I, I like how she's like yeah, yeah I'm gonna go to Zanzibar because there's a foundation there and you know like I can then go and help other kids there that doesn't help burn I know it really doesn't I need to switch off for a while I'm so aware of that <laughs> it depends though because I think sometimes you get burned out by doing the same thing time and time again true but so if you put yourself it, in like a different also, environment mm, and a different yeah. challenge then you're stimulated again yeah you feel something it also sounds like she needs some sleep man yeah she needs some sleep <laughs> I mean, like waking up at like 6 a.m every day sleep. is like hard get up have your coffee yeah. look at the beach go float in the water do that for maybe a week then you can go help the kids yeah true i think i deserve it a lion till 7 a.m maybe oh my god lion <laughs> really 7 a.m 7, 7 15 in wow look at you so pushing it i know i know so yeah let's see how that goes that's amazing no it really is thank you so much for for coming on board and for talking thank to us like you. it really was awesome so it was very cool your life story you know, if you were if you were to as a as a final sort of piece, mm -hmm. if you were to give advice to you know kids that are up and coming and and yeah. they want to get into this world and you know um, and clearly getting into this world means that you have to be ready to to be knocked down because mm -hmm. it happens. Mm -hmm. It's not something. It's not a linear path. 
Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for them? I would say DM at I am JJ Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> no, so uh, you can give your life advice and career advice. Yeah, if you want a role model of what not to do, follow him. No. Um, <laughs> um, I would honestly, and I was at a school the other day giving this talk, and I said, first of all, just surround yourself with the right people. Yeah, and that's. In, if you want to be a presenter, but that's in anything. Because I recognize that even when you yourself are at your lowest and like you think you're down and out and it's over, it's the people around you that are going to keep you going and, and believe in you. You know, and that's that's from family to friends to like peers. Like if I'm feeling really rubbish, like JoJo's the one that's like, oh, but you, you can do this. You can do this in your sleep, you know? And it's so important to have those kind of yeah. people around you. So I'd say to kids, do that. And also just rip the Band-Aid off. Mm. Like whether it's a podcast you want to start, whether it's a YouTube channel, just be yourself. I think, and you try loads of different things to find yourself because it's never going to be on the first go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say that. Find your tribe and jump off the cliff. Exactly. I like it. Yeah. Amazing. Jump off like cliff in Zanzibar. Oh, oh that would be nice. <laughs> You'll be dreaming about that now. I'm going to go looking <laughs> on like flights right now. <laughs> I know. Our Nimi, it was awesome to have you in the studio. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank and, you. Uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll see you in Zanzibar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're on the way. We're booking <laughs> right now. Let's go book it. <laughs>